0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartson. Today, we're going to continue our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the 2020 season, obviously 2019 had all the sky-high expectations, so a little bit of a post-hype sleeper. Didn't look that way with some big-time losses in the Ravens and Steelers and then the Raiders and the you know, Mud Bull before their bye week. Saw some flashes, great Cowboys game, but seemed like kind of that same old Browns team, but not so fast, my friends, as Lee Corso once said. Uh, Four straight wins following the bye. Dropped the game of the year against the Ravens Unfortunately, lost to the Jets when their entire wide receiver room had COVID. Playoff victory over the Steelers and then an excruciating five-point loss to Chad Henney and the Chiefs later. We now have even more optimism for the Browns ahead of 2021. So the whole offense is pretty much back. Things are looking good there. Obviously do have some needs to address on the defensive side of the ball. And I have a very special guest to help me do, just that he is browns and nfl writer for the athletic nfl you can hear him on the a to z podcast and he is author of 100 things browns fans should know and do before they die that is zach jackson who you can find on twitter at
1: akron jackson zach thanks for the time man happy off season. hey no problem um it's a different off season that's for sure i mean the browns are coming off a 12 win season there are coaching regimes and front office regimes that didn't win 12 games in their time here so you know the vibe is different um a lot is different and you know, now the microscope, right, is on all these decisions and the importance of all these decisions is amplified, but they're in a good spot. And and Ian, like no, no BS, like just knowing that they're going to be prepared, right, that there's going to be some thought and some plan. They're not all going to work out. They're not all the way there yet, but just knowing that like whatever comes next is going to be part of a plan to get them there is completely different than it's been in the past
0: this is true optimism and for good reason. Yeah. They just won, you know, freaking 12 games and okay. We can talk about it. They, you know, didn't win when it mattered. Okay. 31 teams didn't win when it mattered last season. So I know that's you know the game we play with the NFL. That's how it is. Only one team gets to be crown champion, but truly arrow is screaming up for the Browns moving forward. Just got a few maybe holes to fix. So as usual for these podcasts, we'll go through three team needs hit Zach with some 2021 workload, workload related
1: questions. And we'll get out of here with a bull call. Zach, what are your three team needs for the Browns 2021? One offseason? Well, it's obvious it's pass rush. And, you know, Olivier Vernon's not going to be back being a free agent with, with a ruptured Achilles. So it's a starting defensive end. Now, whether that is a big ticket free agent, whether that is a, a medium tier free agent followed by a first round pick, I don't know, but that's the obvious one. um Cornerback, you know, they had to play six guys last year at corner for various reasons and through various circumstances. Four of them are free agents. I don't know, you know, who would be back anyway who's a lot to be back other than Denzel Ward. Greedy Williams didn't play it down last year. So I, I guess the third one, you know, could be linebacker. You could argue that it's safety. It could be defensive tackle. It's it's all across the defense, Ian. It, it is. Um, You know, it, offense was their best defense. Miles Garrett made game-changing plays in probably half their wins, probably 70% of their wins. But just getting deeper and getting better, Um, you know, you can't be up 21 and not be comfortable. And I know that's the nature of the league, but they were outmanned to the point that that happened on multiple occasions and against good teams. It didn't end up burning them in any of those games, but going forward, they have to be better, have much better manpower on defense, specifically you know, with the pass rushing in the secondary. Yeah, man. Look, I've been doing this
0: for a few years now where just basically after the season, go through every single roster, look at the free agents, look, see how teams were to every position group last year. And I remember, you know, in the 2020 offseason, it was the Bills and the Steelers were kind of the two teams that stuck out to me as like, hey, if they just fill a couple of these holes, we're looking at a legit contender. The Browns, I think they have a few more holes in those teams on defense, but this offense, man, is ready made to keep on keeping on and really just build upon what they were at the end of the last season, which was a complete juggernaut. We'll talk about them a little bit more in the uh, in, in the work. Uh, section, but yeah, with this defense, I mean, Miles Garrett, we all know the dude is a complete monster, but yeah, let's get him some help. I mean, for this defense to only be 12th in pressure rate with truly one of the best defensive linemen in the entire league and Garrett disappointing. You mentioned Vernon being gone as well. Do you think Larry o- Ogunjobi will join Vernon uh, you know, on some other team uh, in 2021, or could he be brought back? I mean, we just got to find
1: someone to compliment Garrett, right? Yeah. I don't think Larry's going to be plan A, but I do think he can come back. He didn't have a great year. Um, you know, it's very uncertain there. Sheldon Richardson has been awesome for two years, but he's 30 and he's at the last year of his contract making $13 million. You know, there really is no other defensive end. So when you talk free agency draft trade, the answer is yes to all those. It could be a combination of all of those. So, you know, I think they'll let Joby test the market and I think they'll try to test themselves. Can we do better than Joby? But I won't rule him out. You know, same with BJ Goodson um, going to the next level of the defense. And then in the back, ideally, they'd like to have Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit as their starting safeties. But, you know, we just don't know because it's only one year of the coordinator and the personnel issues last year. You know what they we know they want to move Miles Garrett around and obviously they want him to have 20 sacks. Right. But like, do they want to play three safeties? You know, how do they really want to use the linebackers? What would they do? You know, if they draft, say, a first round pass rusher, who's not in every down defensive end, at least not right away. We don't know what they want to do in that Joe Woods defense. We just know they want Denzel Ward to be healthy and they want Miles Garrett to be healthy. He wasn't the same player after he had COVID in late November. Um, if he is, he can be that 16, 18, 20 sack dominant guy. But until they upgrade, you're right. He has to be that um, for this defense to have a chance. And no, no disrespect
0: to my guy, Aaron Donald. He deserves to win that defensive player of, of the year award every time. But keep an eye on these Miles Garrett odds uh, people. I mean, he is, truly has that, you know, 20-plus sack season and his yearly range of outcomes. And in particular, if the Browns can't add some of these guys we're talking about to the picture, could make things even easier for him. I, I know what you're saying, Zach. You know, it's year two Joe Woods defense. We don't know what he wants to build around. There really are needs at all three levels of the defense. The one kind of sure thing that you brought up was Denzel Ward and the need to kind of keep him healthy. And that really has been the problem throughout his career. When he's been out there, I mean, I know Travis Kelsey might've put him in a pretzel the last time we saw him, but generally Denzel Ward has been anyone's idea of a high-level corner. Do you think, you know, with another solid 2021 and reasonably good health,
1: he'll have a long-term contract in his future sooner rather than later? Yeah, I don't even think it comes down to 2021. I think it's this year. You know, I just think you have to pay a guy like that. I think 32 teams would pay Denzel Ward. (laughs) I think he's that good. You know, he's still young, um, super athletic, can man up just about anybody. Uh, makes plays on the ball and he's played in all these defenses. Like imagine if he can play in the same <laughs> team for three years, right. And be healthy. And he's just now physically mature. when they drafted him three years ago, he turned 21 the day after they drafted him. So we're talking about a guy who's still 24 years old, has now done it for three years, you know, is exponentially better from that. So yeah, I, I think Denzel Ward is a guy you absolutely pay this off season because why would you wait um, if you know he's in your plans? I remember the big kind of concern coming out of Ohio
0: state. He only had two interceptions this whole time. There he doesn't have the ball skills. I mean, that, it all just kind of depends on a defense you're running. He's already got seven picks anyway. So hopefully a little better health, but even with that said, I mean, 13 games, 12 games, 12 games, dude's been playing through the pain pretty much the entire time. Keep Denzel Warden. And yeah, to your point, certainly 32 teams in the league would want to have someone like him on their squad. That's enough talk on the defense. Yeah, we had to go through it because, again, those are sure. clearly their three-team needs. You know, pass rush, again, linebacker and then cornerback, but really we get those secondary in as well. Fix the defense because this offense is absolutely stacked. We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth Podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They'll provide the most interesting football conversations in sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and Bryce to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars—you do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code PFF for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana one 800 with it In Virginia, call 888-532-3500. And that's where we're going to move on to now. And Zach and I are recording this on February 17th. So not no Nostradamus. We'll see, you know, what changes between now and the season and just now in a couple of weeks uh, when this is going to be uh, published. But want to look at Baker Mayfield and get your thoughts on him entering really what's going to be his best offseason yet in terms of continuity. Because, look, took a huge leap in his third year in Kevin Stefanski's offense, played brilliantly down the stretch. He came in as PFF's number seven highest-graded quarterback of the season, including the playoffs. And he even accomplished this without OBJ for most of the season and even some offensive linemen uh, coming in and out uh, in the playoffs so he'll finally be entering his second season in the same offense how important do you think that continuity is for Mayfield in this entire offense because you know after that rookie year we're looking at Mayfield as one of the next big things at the quarterback position as a whole didn't seem like we'd ever get back, back to that point in 2019 but now it seems like we could actually see another leap and maybe we're talking about Baker as you know one of the more productive signal callers in the league this time next year
1: Yeah. I mean, when you talk about right now and what we saw over the last six, eight weeks of the season, then, yeah, it looks like the continuity piece is the biggest thing. Because the way he played late in the year, you can look and say, okay, this is what happens when he finally gets comfortable. Um, He was bad for much of last year. We know how a second year went. He was bad. He was up. He was down. But it just seemed like after the bye week and after they got rid of those terrible weather games, he had a whole comfort level, and the coaching staff had a whole different comfort level in him. And, you know, Jarvis Landry got healthy, that helped. But the play calling, the body language, the accuracy I mean, that's what Baker Mayfield is, right? He's an accurate quarterback, he's a get hot quarterback. And we had not seen that except in stretches. And then we saw it basically for two months, right? So, yeah, I mean, the thing with Baker is he doesn't hide anything. He's out there, and his body language is really important. And that's not a metric, that's not a stat, right? But like he tells you when he's confident, when he's feeling himself. And I just think in everything, starting with the huddle, really, and certainly leading to the medium range throws to Jarvis Landry, to Richard Higgins, occasionally to Donovan Peoples Jones, he was completely different. And if you think that's the guy you're going to get the lights coming on and you know the continuity. The line, the coaching is all going to only make him better Then you have your guy and 10, 11 wins in the playoffs is the expectation for every year. So, you know, based off that he didn't just do that over three or four games, it was more like seven or eight games. You know, that's my view right now. And we'll see where he goes from here.
0: I not those weather games, man. I mean, Raiders, Texans, Eagles, from weeks 8 to 11, they had the bye week thrown there. It was just miserable, and it wasn't just Baker and company struggling. I mean, none of those other offenses. Deshaun Watson accounted for 153 total passing yards. I don't think anyone's really holding that against him. So, yeah, and then for him to come out really down the stretch and play, in my opinion, the best ball of his career it was great to see. Now, the one bad thing that, you know, one quote-unquote bad thing that came out of the Browns' second half success is I see so many people putting together that the Browns are now better off without Odell Beckham because of how much better Baker played. Look, I understand that Baker is better off going through his progressions, going to the open guy, but – Shouldn't we want to have a coverage, you know, changing talent like Odo Beckham in the and then hopefully get that version of Baker who's not force feeding the ball there because I just can't wrap my mind around any offense being better without Odo Beckham. Do you agree with me and do you think the Browns agree that, you know, yes, Baker played great without OBJ, but in a perfect world, we want to get that same version of
1: Baker with a healthy version of OBJ. Yeah, because I think you look at the playoff game they lost and the Chiefs just basically got up in him and said, please throw it over our head. Right? <laughs> And, and I think what they've done so well, in is they've put it to where, you know, in his second year, it felt like that. It felt like Baker dropped back and let it fly to OBJ. Well, that's not who Baker is, right? And there was a million things going on and the tackles weren't good and the coaching staff was a mess. Well, in this offense where they're going to run and they're going to throw to the tight ends and they're going to, you know, set things up for the shots off play action for those medium range passes that. Ideally OBJ would catch and take and, and turn it into a long play. Yes. So I I know it's been complicated, right. And, and I know that, that Odell is always going to come with the reputation. And it's been four years now since he's had a huge year. And Can you keep him happy? But when you watch the Browns get in trouble and need to throw the ball down the field, like they just really couldn't, not with any consistency. Right. And some of it is that they were built a different way, but, Yes. Do I agree with your assessment (laughs) that to get to that next level, to unlock things in this offense, and they unlocked a lot in the passing game um, in November and December, no doubt, but you need that guy to get down the field. Now, is that still Odell? Is it still worth it? Well, it better be. He has no trademark. He makes $13 million. And right now does has one working knee, right? Like who is going to trade for him and what would you get? Nothing, nothing like maybe you would get a late round pick By a team that gets a Deshaun Watson or trades for another quarterback and needs that guy. But like here in Cleveland, there's this little bit of a delusion that Odell still has high trade value and that he does not, there is no world in which he has high trade value. His value is to get healthy, get comfortable with this offense and allow Baker and Kevin Stefanski to let him be a part of this offense. And as you said, maybe the missing part, that makes defenses pay for getting up and playing them the way the chiefs did. So you think there's no chance then you're saying, or, you know, no chance to,
0: to extend your knowledge that he does become a cap casualty. I'm just looking at it now. It looks like they could be
1: saving, you know, close to 15 million. No, it's guaranteed. guaranteed. This is the last year. His money's guaranteed. so okay. He's, cool. he's not a cap casualty. Now, you know, a year from now, you're going to have Odell Jarvis and Austin Hooper all making big money and okay. none of them getting any younger. But this year, all that money is guaranteed. So barring a trade, none of those guys are going anywhere. Great. Good to hear because,
0: I mean, look, with Beckham last year, he was really on his way to putting forward maybe not his most prolific season that we'd seen, but he was even coming out and saying, like, that just wasn't his role in this offense. I mean, he had, you know, let's see, eight or fewer targets in all, but two of the games he was even healthier for. Like, you know, you go back to his Giants days, and I mean, it was like, if you went more than two weeks without double-digit targets, there was usually, you know, a kicking net that was going to be in his way by the time he got to the sideline. So the Cowboys game, I and mean, the double movie he had against William Jackson, he looked as good as ever, just wasn't quite getting the same opportunity. So hopefully, you know, we see that perfect, mesh of best version of baker with a healthier version of obj in 2021 and we get back to seeing obj as a legit high end wide receiver one now you mentioned him landry hooper all these guys will be back next year landry versus beckham in 2022 and beyond because i'm just kind of looking at this offense and how it's built you know you got donald people's jones richard higgins is an unrestricted free agent we got talented receivers for sure but to your point it does seem like you know sooner rather than later they have to move on from one of these guys
1: yeah. I mean, right now the easy answer is Jarvis just for what he means in terms of, you know, a chess piece, uh, a leader, a blocker. I mean, he just produces, right? Like B- bigger was a completely different quarterback uh, late in the year, but Jarvis coming back was a big part of that. He, he, he really was. So to me, that's an easy one. But when you look at the cap right now, Ian, like the top three guys for this year and, and they're in healthy cap room, they're not in incredibly great uh, open wide open cap room like they've been in recent years. It's Jarvis, it's Odell, and it's Sheldon Richardson. And, and, you know, basically the guarantees on all three of those guys are up after this year. Sheldon's contract is up after this year. So it is wide open and it is complicated. And say Baker has another good year and you're committing to him and, and they're going to commit to him at least via the fifth year option, right? Um, you know, what are you going to do there? That's that's a complicated one. Austin Hooper's a nice player and an important player on this team. He didn't get open more than four yards down the field right? So are you going to pay him 10 million pass this year? Well, for the way he blocks and and the way Baker relies on him. Sure. Um, People's Jones, as you mentioned, is, is the really intriguing one to me, you know, to think a guy that, that had the kind of strange college career that he had to be 21 years old and come in, you know, behind playing behind those guys, no real off season and make some of the plays he made. I mean, that's intriguing as hell. So I don't think the Browns right now can bank and say we've got a, true number one future wide receiver here. But I think they can look and say, man, we just got to keep coaching this guy up and keep getting him in good spots. And maybe two years from now, we've really got a superstar. I can't believe how great people's Jones really looked all
0: season long. I mean, ever since they started giving him chances in that first, uh, you know, Bengals game where we had the game winning touchdown, the guy just made the most out of everything. I'm going to list some wide receivers real quick. Uh, Not too long of a list, but just rookie wide receivers average at least two yards per route run over the past five years, minimum 20 targets. AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Chris Goblin, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, Juju, Debo Samuel, Hunter Renfro, Robert Foster, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Again, not a ton of opportunity. That target threshold is very low at 20, and that was made that low to squeeze Donovan Donovan Peoples-Jones in there. But, man, like, at least him playing that well as a rookie, you got to feel better if Rashard Higgins ends up taking his talents elsewhere or if, you know, Beckham or someone gets injured again. Maybe, like, if there had to be a position group on the offense to address, it would be adding some receiver depth. But as far as, you know, just a six-round pick goes, they got to be thrilled with what Peoples-Jones showed as a rookie
1: yeah um two quick things one I think Higgins will be back because I just think nice. even though there's going to be a market for him I think here is where he you know played that he knows this offense he knows Baker uh but with Peoples Jones the other thing too you talk about only 20 targets well the first two games he had to play like he wasn't in the game plan Kaderil Hodge and one of them got hurt in warmups and they had to bring people's Jones from playing kickoff team to playing um, the second game where he makes a big play the Cincinnati game you mentioned that's the game Odell gets hurt on the first offensive play yeah. so he goes through the week thinking he's going to get six snaps and then he plays 30 like there's just so much upset we didn't get to see much training camp they didn't have much training camp this year but there were a couple times where you just looked and said My goodness, like that's (laughs) awfully natural for for a 21-year-old rookie that really doesn't know what's going on out here right yet. So like I said, if I'm the Browns, I'm not sure I'm counting on him being a a star in in 2021, but I'm really excited uh, about what he brings. Yeah, 100%. I mean that again, hey, it's six round rookie, so it's in my opinion he's
0: already uh, you know, exceeded those expectations. So if anything else is, you know, the icing on the cake, but credit to him for having that great first season. Hopefully he can build on that as we continue to go on. So, quickly on tight end. We talked about Hooper. Hey, security blanket, great job blocking. For me, though, looking at the position group, I mean, Harrison Bryant really seemed like he was doing his thing as a rookie as well. And Dave Njoku is someone that I'm sure fans, you know, have been clamoring for uh, getting more playing time over the past few years, particularly after he had that really good second year in the league. Do you do you see this continuing to be a committee of sorts in 2021 with or without Njoku back? Because again, past that, we got to worry about Hooper. That's fine. But at least from a fantasy football perspective, it's been a little bit annoying because Hooper, being that high priced uh, free agent tight end, we figured he would be, you know, kind of the runaway target leader. But as we saw on Stefanski's offense, which is similar to what he did in the Vikings before, a lot of these guys were getting involved in
1: the passing game. Do you expect that to continue? I do. Um, for one reason, as you mentioned, that's Stefanski's offense, right? A lot of two tight end sets, a lot of three tight end sets. And, and the Browns are going to be a running team. So those guys are going to be on the field. But for two, they're all pass catchers by nature. I mean, Hooper yeah. had 70 reception seasons. Um, Harrison Bryant was the rare college tight end that had 100 reception season. And I'll tell you, he's interesting because he had a really strong beginning of the year, even showing, us a, showing a willingness to block, which a lot of rookie tight ends don't want to do. But he got a little case of the dropsies um late in the year and then had COVID and kind of fell out of the rotation. So, um, you know, you would expect him to bounce back strong. But if a guy can't hold on to the ball, you know, you can't play him. And then there's Najoku, who's never been able to hold on to the ball, at least consistently. But he's the biggest tight end you got. He's the fastest tight end you got. I mean, the thing with him is he's finally at his fifth year option. So he's going to make 6 million. Um, he's going to be a free agent. He's asked out multiple times and you can't count on him. You can't, but he's, he's pretty talented and he's still 24 years old. So yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as a fantasy situation, all three of those guys are going to be involved. Could you draft any of the three of them? Hi, no. Um, I would say this year, that there's a much better chance that either Najoku or OBJ is moved um, than there was last year. But I, again, like I don't know what what Najoku at six million, what value he has. I mean, would he bring the Browns a, a maybe a starting safety or linebacker? Probably not. Like, what do the Browns need with a fifth round pick? Right. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: David Njoku, borderline erotic athletic profile. But yeah, got, got got to be holding on to the ball. And, you know, if he is going to be causing you know, these problems behind the scenes, would make sense to me to move on. But I will be buying David Njoku everywhere on that second contract, wherever he lands. Do, do not worry about that, everyone. Last question before you get your bull call. Haven't talked about You know, two of the best players on the Browns, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, Chubb, in my opinion, needs to be in any conversation surrounding the league's very best running backs. And yet the man I feared in 20 touches in all but four of his regular season starts. I get it. You know, in fantasy land, we want the RB1 to be fed, you know, 30 touches per game if we can help it in real life, particularly when you have two great running backs like Chubb and Hunt, you can spread things out a little more evenly. Do you anticipate this continuing to be a 1A, 1B attack? Or is there any chance that they say,
1: you know what, Nick Chubb, you are the better player. We want to feed you accordingly. Yeah, I mean, I I would say the answer to that is both. You know, I think this year there's so many times where the Browns had commanding leads or even not a commanding lead with the ball up seven or 10 in the fourth quarter and they used both those guys. Um, I think a few games it was clear that Stefanski's script was Nick Chubb first half, Kareem Hunt second half and then close with Chubb if you needed to. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski did a wonderful job and I think the Browns are in great hands. I think he left 25 Nick Chubb Touches on the table. That's you know, that's not being a fantasy nerd. That's that's being an observer. So I don't know exactly how it goes. I know they have different skill sets, but they both work. I mean, this is a powerful athletic offensive line. Nick Chubb is a load, right? Um, Hunt is a little bit of a different back, but Nick Chubb is clearly the better player, and Kareem Hunt's still a really good player. So yeah, fantasy-wise. Would I still feel comfortable with my first pick of my draft investing in Nick Chubb, knowing what this offense is built upon, knowing that the Browns should be pretty good? Yes, I would still do that. And then I would just hope that those extra touches and those extra chances, you know, end up coming around this time. Chubb is in all likelihood going to finish next
0: year, you know, barring an injury, knocking on wood right now, everyone. Don't worry. Uh, it's a top 12, top 15 back at the worst the problem is the fantasy football, the game we played, these guys get a full point per reception. Those are usually the opportunities that Kareem Hunt's going to get. So even though Chubb, I know he had those drops in the playoff game. I feel like his receiving is a little bit underrated normally, but Hunt, one of the best receiving running backs in the league. It's not really a comparison between them. So yeah, expecting a similar situation, but don't be counting out Hunt, everybody, because even though we didn't quite see, you know, the kind of just truly prolific production from Hunt during the brief time Chubb went down, we're tr- talking about the single highest rated handcuff in the league in Kareem Hunt, and he can also hold that standalone value. Uh, normally it was well with that first and second half rotation. Zach, fantastic stuff. Do you have a bold offseason draft or
1: 2021-related 2020, take for us? Ah, bold. You know, I don't know. Um, I I do think they're going to sign Nick Chubb. I do. I know a lot of people say that, you know, an analytics driven front office isn't going to do that. And they have Kareem Hunt. But like, how do you handle that situation? Nick Chubb is one of the best players in the National Football League. He's one of the best players on your team. He's a perfect citizen. And he's such an important part of what you do. So I think it comes down to not looking at his position, just his importance to what you do, where you want to go his youth. I mean, he missed those four games last year. You really can't hurt the guy. Like, I think they're going to sign him. And and I think he's going to be in for a big year. And if he plays 16 or, or 13 or 14, whatever it is, I think those numbers are going to be right up there with everybody's. I mean, he missed four games this year. I told you, I think he left 30 or 40 touches on the table by circumstance, by coaching. And he still was one of the best running backs in the league, you know, by raw numbers.
0: No. Yeah. And I know I've rambled about this on podcast before, but I truly think the NFL salary cap is just so arbitrary and they, pretend that it exists, you know, to cause parity in the league. I think it exists so these billionaire owners don't need to spend any more money than they have to already. The only reason why we say running backs don't matter is because you can feasibly find easier replacement level talent at that position compared to elsewhere. So, you know, in some situations it makes sense to pay up other positions. But when you have someone like Nick Chubb, yeah, pay the one of the freaking best players on your team the amount of money he deserves. So, yeah, I mean, Chubb done everything right, had the injuries in 2020 and coming out of college. But before that, 32 of 32 games played in 2018-20 So go get paid, Nick, go get that money. Hopefully a great 2021 season is on the horizon. That's good to do everybody. Thank you as always for tuning in to PFF fantasy football podcast. Make sure you check out Zach on Twitter at Akron Jackson.
1: Zach, what else you got on the horizon for the off season? Uh, You know, we're just diving in just this morning. I was finishing, you know, looking at who who the Browns might take in the first round of the draft, which at 26 is brand new territory for the Browns and their fans. (laughs) Right. Um, Pretty obvious. It's probably going to be defense, but I'm going to give you a name and that I'm just in love with. Ooh, Rondale Moore. Nice. Um, you know, he he can do so much and I just think the Browns best defense and obviously the goal of the offseason is to fix this, but it's to keep scoring. So, um that and you know, we're just going to do what everybody's doing like dive in, you know, see what happens with JJ Watt. Um, and, you know, the most fascinating thing is we know they're going to invest in the defensive line, but is it two medium guys? Is it one big ticket guy? You know, does a Carl Lawson hit the market? Does a Trey Hendrickson hit the market? If they do, we know the Browns are in on those guys. We just don't know, you know, if those guys are actually going to get to the market. We're gonna, I'm going to give you a co- bold
0: predictions the the one Nick Chubb contracted to the Rondale Moore picks we'll give you credit if uh, that one cashes man that dude is electric I know hey and I gotta admit it as an Ohio State fan I've seen that damn highlight of him just running through like four players on that 50 yard touchdown far too many times for my comfort over the past few years but there is no denying that Rondale Moore is a talented player with the ball in his hands that's gonna do everybody PFF Fantasy Football Podcast he's Zach I'm Ian thank you as always for tuning in and until next time take care everybody